Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are. We're coming in hot, Raider Nation, on this Monday following a Raider game at Allegiant Stadium against the Minnesota Vikings. And the Raiders came away with the victory. Not that W's and L's matter in the preseason, but a pretty good showing for the silver and black. And we're here to talk about it the next three hours. Very excited about the guests we have coming up on the show. Very excited about all the player sound from the locker room post game that we have to bring to the table today. And of course, Raider Nation, we're always excited to talk to you either by way of the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 keyword RR or, of course, the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. And off top, before we really even get into the show, and my man DeMond Cotton, he's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio as well. More times than not, I'm in the home studio. But I want to commend and salute Raider Nation off top. Like, that's the first and foremost thing that must be done today. The atmosphere that was created at Allegiant Stadium for a preseason game was pretty special. Right. I mean, I've covered the NFL for a very long time. I've been at very uh, a lot of games. I've been at a lot of preseason games. Even as a fan, I've been at preseason games. And I don't think I've ever experienced the atmosphere that I experienced on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium uh, from the fans being excited to be back in the stadium, uh, just for people uh, like analysts like JT and Eric Allen when I when I saw them at the torch, you know, and they were doing their pregame show. It's just everyone was pumped up and excited just to be back in the building. I mean, I, I said it, I don't know if it was 100 times or not on, uh, on Sunday, but it felt like the first day of school, right? When you get, you get to the, sc- the, the school and, and you got your new clothes on and everything, you're starting to see your friends again. And, and then, you know, when you're, a, when you're a young man, you're going to school and you're like, oh, man, I'm going to talk to homegirl. She, she sure do look good coming in today. You know what I mean? Like, it was just that situation. It just felt, felt good to be back in Allegiant Stadium and, uh, and, and witness a football game. And, and again, the, the atmosphere that, that the fan base created was awesome. So uh, I want to salute to Raider Nation off top because I don't think I've seen an atmosphere like that for a preseason game. And multiple people talked about that atmosphere from head coach Josh McDaniels. Uh, Jerron Harmon talked about it. Uh, Jared Stidham talked about it. There was multiple people that talked about just the atmosphere in general for a preseason game. And I don't know if it just had to do with that week 18 game uh, last season against the Chargers that, that pushed the Raiders into the playoffs and obviously kicked the Chargers out. I don't know if that was a little bit of momentum that they, that they needed to, to let the crowds, and especially the local crowd, know, hey, this is what you should expect from a Raiders team and what you could expect to see here in Allegiant Stadium. I don't know how much that had to do with it as opposed to just a lot of excitement for this upcoming season as well, right? Of course, there was a ton of folks that came in from out of town, and we definitely salute you. And hopefully, uh, if you're still in town, salute to you. And if you're on your way home or already made your way home, uh, hopefully you were safe uh, and making your way home. But we definitely appreciate everyone that came out. And, again, just a fun environment for a preseason game to see the Raiders take on the Vikings. So salute to you, Raider Nation, for a hell of a job. Coming up on the show today. 2.30, we'll have Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also the RJ, the Review Journal. He'll join us at 2.30 to talk about what he saw. You know, the Raiders have been going with a lot of different starting lineups. They've been playing some players uh, with the first string to the second string to the third string. You just don't know. They've been tinkering with the roster quite a bit just to see what fits. You know, there's something that head coach Josh McDaniels has said multiple times that, you know, they're trying to – 
trying to make situations happen in game that you can't duplicate and replicate in, in practice. So they have other guys starting out there, like Thayer Munford, the seventh-round pick out of Ohio State. He gets to start at right tackle. Alex Leatherwood didn't come in until the third quarter. Now, I know a lot of people will probably overreact to that and say, oh, man, Alex Leatherwood is way down on the, on the depth chart. That's not necessarily the case. They're trying to figure out, and they're trying to use the preseason for exactly what it should be used for and exactly when they should be figuring things out. What fits, who fits best with who, and how does everything come together? So you saw Josh Jacobs play in the Hall of Fame game. You didn't see him play on Sunday, right? You saw Kenyon Drake play. You saw uh, Amir Abdullah not play, but you saw other guys. You saw Zamir White get some burn. You saw Brenton Brown get some burn. I mean, there's just so many different scenarios that they're, they're, they're tinkering and toying with right now, and this is the time to do it as opposed to September 11th, and all of a sudden you're going into the game against the Chargers at SoFi, and you're wondering, okay, well, are these two guys going to actually gel together? Are they going to be able to work together? Can this guy play side-by-side side with this guy? And it actually makes sense, right? I mean, so this is the time to do it right now because, again, W's and L's obviously don't matter in the preseason. So uh, we'll talk to Ed about everything that he saw from the game on Sunday, what he's thinking about some guys that are creating opportunities for themselves and some guys that may be slipping a little bit down the depth chart. We'll talk all things uh, Raiders with Ed Graney coming up at 2.30. Then 3 o'clock, Amber Theo Harris from SiriusXM Radio. She's going to join the show, and she sat next to me in the press box on Sunday, and she actually told me, it was funny, we've had her on the show before, but I had never met her in person. And so as soon as I walked up, she said, Q. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, Oh, Amber, uh, you know, I've been on your show before. And I was like, yeah, that's right. How are you doing? So we're talking back and forth. She actually let me know she's going to be doing a lot of coverage of the Raiders this upcoming season. So she's going to be another national talking head that's going to be talking about the Raiders, talking about the silver and black quite a bit this year. And you'll see her at Allegiant Stadium a lot covering the team. And uh, so that was really cool. So as we were talking, I was like, hey, well, you should come on the show and talk about, you know, uh, just being here in this environment, talk about the preseason game, the expectations for the Raiders, and all that good stuff. So Amber, Amber Thea Harris, Sirius XM Radio, she's going to join us at 3 o'clock to talk all things Raiders and also talk about her new opportunity that she's going to be having this upcoming football season covering the silver and black at a more personal type basis. So Ed Graney at 2.30, Amber Thea Harris at 3 o'clock. Then throughout the course of the show as well, we'll sprinkle it in here and there. We did this following the Hall of Fame game as well when I was in Canton, Ohio. You'll hear from Deron Harmon, safety Deron Harmon. I had a one-on-one -on -one interview with him in the locker room last night. Quarterback Jarrett Stidham, you'll hear a little bit from him. Uh, Tyron Johnson, a.k.a. T. Billy, you'll hear a little bit of him. Uh, John Simpson, the left guard, you'll hear some from him. And then Malcolm Koontz as well. Malcolm Koontz had a nice sack early in the game on, uh, on Sunday, so you'll hear from him as well. So we got all that lined up for you today on the show. Ed Graney at 2.30, Amber, Amber Theo Harris at 3 o'clock, Jerron Harmon one-on-one, Jarrett Stidham, T. Billy, John Simpson, Malcolm Koontz. We're going to bring all that to you. And, oh, by the way, sprinkle in some Josh McDaniels from yesterday uh, post game, And then earlier this morning we met with head coach Josh McDaniels by way of Zoom. So as you can tell, we are locked and loaded, have plenty to get to coming up on today's show. And with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
So the first wave of cutdowns comes tomorrow. Tomorrow by 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. By the time I take the airwaves tomorrow, the first wave of cuts will already be gone. So the Raiders will trim their roster from 90 to 85 by tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And then the following week, it'll be another 5. They'll trim it all the way down to 80. And then the following week, which will be the 30th, they'll trim it down to 53. That'll be the final roster until it's not. After they get to 53 and then they see some cuts that happen throughout the course of the league, they'll probably make some moves and adjustments of their own and see who's uh, you know who's going to be on the final roster and who's going to actually be suiting up for that uh, September 11th game against the Chargers at SoFi Stadium. But the first wave of cuts starts tomorrow and across the league right now it's already starting there's teams that are already kind of trimming the fat and getting down to that 85 men roster so as I'm watching the game yesterday from Allegiant Stadium I had a lot of takeaways from the game but as as I'm watching the game I'm thinking about certain position groups on the team and thinking man some of these position groups we knew that there was some some depth in some of these position groups but some more than others. And the one that really stood out to me the most from yesterday's game is the running back room. The running back room to me, to me, is is deep. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of talented dudes. Normally, you'll see a group and you'll see, you know, one or two guys that are really good and then a couple of other guys that are just all right. That's not the case for the running back room. The running back room to me is deep. I, I, I'll put it like this, and I'm – not at all suggesting this, so don't take it wrong. If Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake both were not on the team, I think the running back room would be fine. That's how deep I think that this team is. Now, I'm not saying or suggesting that the Raiders go into the, into the regular season without Josh Jacobs or Kenyon Drake. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be disrespectful like that because we know Josh is, is a special player, right? But with that being said, this running back room has a lot of talent. You know, from Zamir White, you saw what he was able to do, uh, especially in the Hall of Fame game. Did a little something-something on Sunday, but you kind of know what he could bring to the table. Britton Brown showed up in a major way, led the team in, in rushing on, uh, on Sunday. He was a seventh-round pick out of UCLA. Amir Abdullah, he's actually surprised me so far. I thought he was going to be uh, the first guy out. And you know what? Maybe he still will be. But he's shown, uh, he's shown a little something-something so far uh, throughout training camp that says, hey, you know what? There's an argument for me having a spot on this roster. You know, of course, there's, there's other guys. Brandon Bolden, we haven't even seen Brandon Bolden yet, but you know that he comes from New England. You know he's got a two-year contract, and you kind of know what he could do. He could play that Jalen Richard role where he's going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. You know, and then, of course, Kenyon Drake is there. Josh Jacobs is ultra-talented. I mean, there's so many guys that are in that room. I just think that that, to me, is probably going to be one of the toughest positions to evaluate as far as who stays and who goes because that room is so deep. As a matter of fact, earlier today when we talked to head coach Josh McDaniels, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN asked him about the depth and the versatility of that running back room, and there's going to be some tough decisions made. It's pretty interesting. You know, there's there's some young guys, obviously, that that uh, are learning uh, but, but play really hard and give great effort. Um, we have some guys that are kind of – multifaceted in terms of what they do and bring. Um, and we've tried to give them all different opportunities here in the first few games uh, to, to try to, to do some of those things. Um, I really like the group. I really like the room. I think KP does a great job of coaching that group. Um, and I've always been a big believer in having uh, as many good backs as you can have on your team uh, because like I said before, they, they, they get the ball more than anybody else. I mean, they have it more than any other other player, you know, other than the quarterback. 
And usually they're taking hits and getting, you know, getting contact, you know, when they have it. So uh, there's a chance for nicks and bumps and bruises and injuries. And um, you just don't ever want to get caught short in that, in that area. So um, I like what they're doing. They push one another, they help one another. They work really hard together. We got a lot of maturity in that room that uh, continues to try to pull guys along, especially the young guys. Um, and I thought they competed hard yesterday. There you go. Head coach Josh McDaniels right there talking about the running back room. And, again, man, it's deep, right? Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Zamir White, you have Britton Brown, you have Brandon Bolden, you have Jakob Johnson. Obviously, he's the fullback. Uh, Amir Abdullah. I mean, <laughs> it is a thick, thick room. Oh, Austin Walter, by the way, a, another guy that I thought was going to be on the chopping block immediately. He's making a name for himself. So, I mean, there's so many different options there. I feel like that that's going to be the toughest position to evaluate. And when it comes down to chopping time, who stays, who goes. But Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Also the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. What position group do you think is going to be the toughest when it comes down to making roster decisions on who stays and who goes? Is there a position that I'm overlooking? We've seen some other depth in other positions. You know, we've seen depth at the offensive line. There's a lot of mixing and matching going on, right? Uh, again, Alex Leatherwood didn't even start till the second half. But I don't necessarily know if that means that it's, it's deep and super talented as opposed to they're just mixing and matching along that offensive line to figure out what fits and who, who works best together with each other. And, you know, Thayer Mumford, we talked to him a, a lot about him last week at the end of the week, the seventh-round pick at Ohio State, got the start. And I thought he did okay. You know, Jackson Barton. He, uh, he, got, he got a lot of burn. He looked okay. Alex Leatherwood in the second half, he got the start. Looked okay. I mean, you know, I think, I think there was a lot of looks okay as far as the offensive line goes. They still gave up four sacks, and that's coming off a, a week where they gave up five in the Hall of Fame game, so that's less than ideal. Not all of it's on the offensive line. Some of it was on Jared Stidham, you know, taking off a little too quickly, stepping up a little bit too quickly. But with that being said, you still have to be able to protect the quarterback, right? You don't want the quarterback to get back there with happy feet. And a couple times it looked like Jared Stidham had those happy feet, but there also looked like there was times where he just had no, no option. There was a couple drives where he didn't have a hope, right? That offensive line was coming, uh, was, was, was basically coming to unglued, and, and uh, Minnesota was able to get back into the backfield quick, fast, and in a hurry. So let me know, Raider Nation. Let, I want to hear from you again, 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. What position group will be the toughest when it comes time to make roster decisions? I think it's going to be the running back room. I really do. I've put it out there multiple times who I thought was going to be the guys that were going to end up on the roster when, when the 53 men roll out. And I can't say that I'm 100% convinced of, of the guys that I originally said. I believe I went with Josh Jacobs, Zamir White, Brandon Bolden, and then Jakob Johnson. And I think I put Britton Brown as a practice squad guy. Amir Abdullah was cut, and Austin Walter was cut. And Drake, they did something with them. Either they released them or they traded them. But I'll tell you right now, I think the one guy that I still look at as possibly on the outside looking in is Kenyon Drake. I've just for some reason I've had that, that, uh, that feeling in my belly for a while now, and it's still there. We'll see. You know, I know he's out there working hard. That's what I can say. He's out there working his tail off, trying to prove his worth, you know, and had a couple nice runs uh, down by the, by the goal line, you know, especially that fourth and one run. Kept churning his legs, picked up three yards, got a first down. I love the fact that the Raiders ran a couple fourth and one plays and there was no false starts. How cool was that? 
This is the little things, Raider Nation. It's the little things. Seeing the small victories. No, uh, no false start penalties. No, uh, you know, unforced uh, mis- mistakes. You know, no shooting themselves in the foot. I'll tell you one thing. I can't predict what this team is going to be as far as wins, losses. I mean, we just we don't know until they get out there on the field and do what they do. But I can tell you one thing. They're going to be a lot more disciplined than they have in the past. That's for damn sure. There, there's not even a question in my mind about that. How many penalties did they have yesterday? Four? Four penalties for what? I think 29 yards. And for the most part, that came, I think, Amik Robertson got called for a holding penalty. It wasn't, it wasn't shooting themselves in the foot. There was actually one, one drive, and I was, I was on a, a ESPN radio this morning on, in Sioux Falls, and they were asking me the biggest thing that stands out to me about uh, Josh McDaniels since he's taken over this team. And for me, it was the attention to detail. You know, the, the dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And I brought up this, this uh, perfect example, and I feel like this is the best example of what a Josh McDaniels team won't do. The very first drive of the second half, the Raiders get the ball coming out of the locker room. They go a quick three and out, right? So they go to punt the ball, and then Minnesota has an illegal, uh, illegal uh, substitution, defensive substitution, and it gives the Raiders five more yards. Well, that five more yards gave the Raiders a first down. What the Raiders end up doing, continuing that drive, courtesy of Minnesota's, uh, you know, self-inflicted wound, score a touchdown. What was the final score of the game? I know the score doesn't matter, but what was the final score of the game? 26-20. Guess what was the difference? Giving the Raiders that extra, extra life, allowing them to get down the field, scoring a touchdown. That's basically the difference in the game. So when we go back to, and I almost asked Josh McDaniels about this earlier today on the Zoom call, but I figured it would take too long to explain it, and I didn't want to have the, the longest question in the world, so I just thought I'd, you know, maybe we'll talk about it in, in, a, in a room setting instead of a Zoom. But, um, yeah, I think that that is a, a perfect example of what the Raiders of old would have done. That's something that I'm used to seeing the Raiders do, give a team life. Third down, getting off the field. Oh, wait, hold on, here comes a flag. Oh, here's an extended drive, and then something happens. The Raiders did not shoot themselves in their foot. In the foot, they did not beat themselves, and then they ended up winning the game. Again, preseason game wins and losses don't matter, but that's the perfect example that I have. If the Raiders play disciplined ball like that and allow other teams to make those mistakes that Minnesota made, that's going to help them win a couple games. That's going back to what we've been talking about for weeks: not losing the game. You can't lose the game, then you got to be coached up to win the game. That's just that's that. So that was my example on the on the radio this morning when when uh, the guy asked me what I what I thought about Josh McDaniels since he's taken over with the silver and black. And that's the biggest attention to detail that stands out to me is making sure that the team he's coaching isn't isn't shooting themselves in the foot. And I think that's the biggest compliment that you could ever have. I think that's the biggest compliment because you could do a lot of things right, and the Raiders in the past have found ways to have 10 penalties a game, 100-and-something yards of penalties, and still find ways to win games. So you got to tip the cap to, the, to them for being able to do that. But bottom line, you shouldn't have to, right? You shouldn't have to overcome 10 penalties and 100-something yards. You shouldn't. That was the perfect example. As soon as that happened yesterday in the game, that first drive, I, jotted, I wrote it down in my notes like this is something I'm definitely going to talk about. If there's one huge takeaway that I have from that game, that was it right there, as opposed to the running game. thought the running backs looked really good. You know, the quarterback competition, the backup quarterback competition, I think it got a little tighter 
yesterday. I think Jared Stidham and Nick Mullins did some good things. Hell, Chase Garbers did some good things too. Shout out to ABA Ivan Davis. He's always, uh, you know, shouting out Chase Garbers. Chase Garbers did pretty well, you know, in, in a limited time. They all look pretty good. I, I still think it's it's Jarrett Stidham's job to lose. But I'll tell you what, Nick Mullins, I think he uh, he closed the gap a little bit as far as uh, the backup quarterback position goes. So, Damon, you're back in the home studio again doing you and your thing to make it all work, and we definitely appreciate that. Uh, as far as position groups that you think is going to be toughest to really make a decision on when it comes down to cut-down time, which, again, the first round of cut-downs uh, needs to be in by tomorrow at 1 p.m., uh, what position group do you think it's going to be? I think it's got to be the running backs. I feel like that's the that's the obvious answer. But also with the offensive line play, not that it's like they're so deep at the position as, as the offensive line as a whole, but just I still think that you need to keep everyone for as long as possible when it comes to the cuts to really see what you have. Yeah. That's what's going to make it tough is the fact that you've got to keep everyone just to see what you have with this offensive line. No, that's that makes sense. Because somebody's got to separate themselves, right? I mean, right now, the one guy that we know is Colton Miller. We saw rookie Dylan Parham take some snaps to center. Don't quite think he's ready to be a, a starting center. And that's okay because I think Andre James is going to continue to develop and continue to make moves. You know, um, all these guys are working, man. They're all working really hard. Uh, John Simpson, he's taking a step in the right direction. I mean, there's, I think there's a lot, of, a lot to like, but they just haven't got it all the way down yet, right? And so you don't know at what point are they going to take that step where they could be uh, a well-oiled machine and, and just be uh, all together lockstep with each other. So uh, it's going to be interesting. So, yeah, I do think that you're right. They do have to take as many reps as possible, you know, practice and in games. And the lucky thing and the good thing for the Raiders is that they have two more games, right? I mean, most teams already only played one. The Raiders and Jaguars, they've played two now, right? And so they've got that opportunity. I think that that helps with this union. I think that helps with this coaching staff saying it's all brand new. I think it helps as they're trying to develop these guys to have a little bit extra burn. I know that guys don't want to be in training camp extra time. They don't want to have an extra preseason game. But in the long run, when it's all said and done, I do think that extra preseason game is going to help kind of get these guys lathered up. And I'm not talking about guys like Devontae Adams or Derek Carr or Hunter Renfro or Darren Waller. I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking about the guys in the trenches. While you're speaking of the trenches, I will say uh, the defensive tackle position looked a little leaky at times. <laughs> it looked a little leaky at times. I do like, I will say, and I've been kind of interested to see how this young man fits on the team. I did like what I saw from Andrew Billings. I thought what I saw from Andrew Billings on Sunday was, was, was pretty, pretty good. You know, that dude, he's not the biggest guy, but he's strong. He is strong, man. You're not going to – you ain't going to push him around, <laughs> right? I mean, that's one guy you can guarantee you ain't going to push him around. That dude was a world-class uh, weightlifter, man. I mean, him and, him and Deuce Gruden are probably in the, in the weight room uh, comparing notes and everything, right? So, I mean, that, that dude, he, uh, he's a strong, strong dude. And there was one play down by the goal line, the first drive when the Vikings got all the way down to the goal line, and – and Dollar Bill is what we called him back in Waco. Dollar Bill was in there, and, man, that running back came, came towards that hole, and he was able to shed the block, and that's the thing. Can guys shed blocks? He was able to shed that block and get in there and make the tackle and keep the running back out of the end zone, and ultimately Minnesota had to settle for three. You know, so that, that, was, that was actually another takeaway that I had from the game I was pretty impressed with was the fact that Minnesota got down into the red zone and even by the goal line multiple times and had to settle for field goals. Again, who does that sound like? Sound like the Raiders, right? I mean, the Raiders did a pretty good job. Carlson did have to kick a field goal uh, yesterday. But, man, I'll tell you, 
They get down right by the goal line, and Minnesota couldn't punch it in. Raiders' defense was able to hold them. How many times did we talk about on this very show, if the Raiders' defense could make teams settle for field goals once or twice a game as opposed to letting a team get a touchdown, they're going to win some games. Again, what was the final score? 26-20. They allow you know that, that team to, to score a touchdown, a couple touchdowns down there, boom, they lose that game. It's just it's 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 very it's we always say that games are, are like a handful of, of plays will determine a game. And I, I can see a handful of plays in my head right now where the Raiders made some really good plays and allowed them to win that game and allowed them to make the more plays to win that game. You know, stopping them at the goal line like that. They went Kellen Mond was down there and he was doing a little scramble and uh, the Raiders defense was disciplined enough to not get out of, out of their lanes and allow a guy to be wide open, running wide open. Kellamon, who's pretty quick, was moving sideline to sideline, trying to escape pressure, and he didn't get sacked, but he might as well, right? I mean, he might as well. He had to throw the ball away and eventually settle for a field goal. That was a really good play. Raiders, uh, I feel Raiders of old would have been undisciplined. Someone would have been trying to be the hero, get out of, the, out of their lane and go try to make a play and go try to hit the quarterback or do something and – and then all of a sudden the guy is uncovered and standing wide open for a touchdown, or at least a first down, right? So that didn't happen. They had to kick a field goal. So, Raider Nation, let me hear from you. What position group will be the toughest when it comes down time to make roster decisions? And I'm not just talking about for tomorrow. I'm talking about throughout the course of the cutdowns when it goes from 90 to 85, from 85 to 80, from 80 to 53. I want to know what position group you're looking at and you're saying, yeah, I'm glad I'm not GM Dave Ziegler. I'm glad I'm not Champ Kelly. I'm glad I'm not Josh McDaniels and got to make those decisions because that one's going to be a tough one. For me, hands down, it's the running back room. 69187, keyword R&R. Let me know about it. Coming up next, Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas. Also the RJ. He'll join us give us his thoughts on the Raiders and a whole lot more. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. That's BreaksOnly.net. BreaksOnly.net. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. 2.30 is the time. Been asking the question, what position group will be the toughest when it comes time to make roster decisions? Mailman Raider hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. Keyword R&R. Q, I think you're right on the money on the running backs, but another position we should look at is the wide receivers. DJ made a case for himself on the roster, not to mention he could do kick return as well as backup Hunter in the slot. Again, that's from Mailman Raider on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. Keyword R&R. You could chime in as well, just like he did. Right now, join us on the phone lines is our good friend Ed Granny from ESPN Las Vegas from the Press Box, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on our sister station, and also from the RJ, the Las Vegas Review-Journal. And Ed, I'll ask you the same question. What position group do you think is going to be the toughest when it comes down to cut-down time, which start tomorrow? I like wide receiver. Um, we saw what uh, DJ did yesterday. You know, Taron Johnson, uh, Johnson was talking about him afterwards. And I think it's, uh, it's cool that those guys say it's a competition, and, but in the room they're all brothers and they're all together, and uh, that's, that's all good and everything. But it's going to come down to, you know, uh, some of these guys getting let go, uh, Q. And I think, uh, I think wide receiver is one of these positions that I'm going to watch closely, and as I think you're going to watch the uh, running backs as well. Yeah, um, these are two positions. Like, do you keep six and five, and which do you keep six, and which do you keep five? 
Do you think that there's a wide receiver in that room that has started to separate themselves? I mean, you mentioned DJ Turner, and he, he had, man, he's, he's fast. As soon as he caught that ball, that crossing pattern, I thought, okay, that's a nice little gainer. Then all of a sudden he took it to the end zone. I thought, wow, that was quick. So did he, uh, did he kind of make some moves or make some, you know, gain some, gain some ground in that wide receiver room? Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, it's all about scoring touchdowns, right? And Josh talked about him afterwards in terms of, you know, playing fast and, you know, uh, being tough and always out there, uh, you know, kind of overachieving. So, yeah, I mean, I think DJ did himself a favor yesterday with that touchdown. And anytime you can show a burst like that, you know, he's not the biggest guy, obviously, but anytime time you can show a burst like that to a coach, and it's all about scoring, I think you, you know, you might separate yourself for this week, and then next week it might be, you know, it might be Johnson. I mean, you never know trying to get to the 53. Um, Johnson's, I think you're out there every day. I think you agree he's been one of the standouts in that room. Uh, but it's all done on the field. What do you do, uh, you know, on Sundays and, you know, Thursdays, whenever you're playing, Fridays, yeah. whatever day it is, you know, what do you do during the games? And, you know, for do, to do what DJ did yesterday, uh, at least for one week, you know, you put yourself out there and then you just see what happens in Miami. It could be someone else next week. What have you thought about the, I don't want to say rotation, but the way that Josh McDaniels is, is, is using the guys on the roster in different roles and mix matching with different guys to see what fits. Some guys may start like a Josh Jacobs in the Hall of Fame game, and then you might see a Thayer Mumford start at right tackle in the next game. You know what? Um, I give Josh, uh, Josh a lot of credit because he's true to his word, right? I mean, you and I have been in that room several times where he says it's all about competition and the best people are going to play. That's a lot of coach speak a lot of times. You right. kind of usually go down a roster and say, okay, this guy's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. I don't know who's going to make it. Um, you know, he's true to his word, man. He's mixing people around. I mean, we talked about the offensive line yesterday. I thought, I thought my uh, colleague Vinny Bonsignori had a good line in the paper today. He said, you're 500 former Raiderettes, and that's about as many times the offensive line changed yesterday. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it, it, it was crazy. I don't know if you were able to keep up. I wasn't able to keep up. You had to really look each series to see who was in there. But I think, you know, to answer your question, I think Josh is being, you know, he's, he's being true to his word. He's saying that the best people are playing, there's competition. And that's usually, you know, what you want out of a first-year coach. There's not a lot of established – I mean, I've looked, there's established guys. They're on the, they're on the sidelines with baseball caps on and, and, and waiting for the real stuff to begin. But when you talk about these competitive spots, offensive line, running back, wide receiver, he's giving everyone their due. So, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, he's, he's staying true to it, and I don't think it's just coach speak. I think the guy's actually being honest in terms of what he's looking for and who competes on a daily basis. Talking right now with Ed Granny from ESPN Las Vegas, also the RJ here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. What about the quarterback, the backup quarterback competition? To me, it seems like it, it narrowed the gap a little bit on Sunday. Yeah, I still think Stidham's the guy just because of his familiarity with the offense. Um, I thought Nick Mullins played well. Um, I still think Stidham's going to be the guy. Um, tell you what, if he keeps running for touchdowns, they were kidding him yesterday. Michael Vick 2.0, um, <laughs> even though he said, no, that's not true. Um, I think he's going to get the edge because of familiarity and having been with Josh for three years in New England, uh, didn't play last year, has had the injury issues. But I think he's played well enough in these two that if I had to guess tomorrow if something happened to Derek, he'd get the first He'd get the first nod. But you're right. I thought Nick played well. He made plays um, and, you know, might be narrowed. But I think Jared Stidham's a number two. It feels like it, and I felt like yeah, about a week like ago, it. right? I felt about a week ago that it wasn't even close. But uh, Nick Mullins did some good things, especially on, what was it, like first and 19, second and 19, after he had that fumbled snap. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. then 
was able to get themselves out of it. I think it ended up being third and 19, matter of fact, because he went for it on fourth down. Yeah, but either way, they, they went for it, and they were able to pick it up. And usually when you make a mistake like that, it's donezo, like the drive is over. But they, they didn't do that. And so I thought that that was pretty impressive from Nick Mullins. Also, Ed, I was impressed by the fact that the Raiders only had four penalties for 29 yards. They're, they're true to their word again when they're saying that this is going to be a disciplined team. Yeah, and they're not turning it over. And, you know, with so many guys coming in and out, that's, you know, that's usually an issue you have um, because, you know, there's just, there's mistakes being made. And, like, you're right, they're clean. Uh, you know, there's some issues, obviously, pass blocking's an issue. Mm-hmm. I think they've given them nine sacks in, in two games. But, again, there's no game planning. Um, you know, they're, the, you're just doing your thing. You're not really worried about the other team. But pass blocking's been an issue. I thought they run, you know, they ran blocked. It's over 200 yards on the ground the last two weeks. And for, as many guys are going in and out of that line, I think that's kind of a bright spot. Um, and you just, you know, it's just, it's so hard without Colton in there. And it's so hard not knowing who's going to be the right tackle and who's going to be the swing tackle um, to really get a good grasp on this offensive line. Um, but there, you know, their improvements need to be made there. It's just until you get down to those, you know, those solid, that solid line and who's going to be, who's going to be playing, you just don't know. It's, you know, you can sit here and, you know, we can make uh, judgments on them, but there's just too many guys involved right now. How many spots on the offensive line do you think are legitimately open right now for, for, for someone to take? Well, I think right tackle's open. Yeah. Um, in terms of the starters? Yeah, starters, yep. I think right tackle's open. Okay, uh, so you I, think right guard and left guard are already solidified? Yeah, I mean, I don't, what, what's your view on that? I mean, I, I, think, I think those two are eight. You know, the the guy that might be interesting is Jermaine. Yeah. Um, after seeing him yesterday. And uh, he might just end up as the swing there um, and, and, and play different spots. But I, I don't know what you're thinking. I mean, I, I think right tackle is the one, and it's a big spot, actually, as we both know. Right, yeah. It's, it's been a big spot for the Raiders for a long time. But I look at the left tackle, obviously, is Colton Miller. I think Andre James has the center position held right. down. And I think that Lester Cotton has the right guard spot. But I, I kind of feel like that left guard and that right tackle position, as you mentioned, are still wide open and that someone could steal it. But I like your thoughts on Illuminor, and he could end up being that swing tackle. We saw him start yeah. out at left tackle, then we saw him kick all the way over to the right guard position. So, I mean, there's, yeah. he's, he's got some versatility, which is what they're looking for. Yeah, he does, and that's, again, that's what Josh is kind of, uh, you know, not only the competitive nature, Josh is kind of hammered over versatility, like how many spots you can play. He did that yesterday with wide receivers playing on special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what can you do to stay on the field in different spots? So Jermaine, obviously, I think, can, like you said, go back and forth between the other, one and the other, and that's going to help him, I think, you know, solidify a spot. Um, but I tell you what, I, I, I couldn't keep up yesterday. <laughs> Man, I, I didn't. I didn't know who was on the field. You know, Thayer Munford one play, and then right. this guy the next play. And I thought, you know, Thayer. Here's a, here's another guy. You know, we talked about Thayer Munford. Yeah. You know, gets to start at tackle, and he had a great week of practice. And there you go with Josh McDaniels again. Mm-hmm. If you have a great week of practice, you're going to get your opportunity, and he got the opportunity. Um, you know, I don't know how he graded out. Um, they they do all that off film, so you know, and Josh doesn't really. You, I know you were on the Zoom this morning with myself. Yeah. He doesn't give up very much. No. Um, just that they're going to watch film and, and, and grade it. But, yeah, I thought, you know, that that's another example of Josh McDaniel saying this is how we're going to play it and then playing it that way. And I like that. I mean, you, you and if you're the players, I think you, you respect that because then you know this is how it's going to go. Right. I mean, you know, it's one thing for a coach to sit up there and say that in meetings and then the game comes and it's not that way and then you're like, you know, who do you trust here? 
I think he's told these guys from the very beginning that it's all competition, and it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter how many years you've been in the league. It doesn't matter what your resume is. Now, obviously, look, there's some guys you know that are okay. My guess is Devontae Adams is fine. Yeah, he'll be all right. And uh, Derek Carr is fine. <laughs> but for a lot of these guys, I mean, I think you know you, you shouldn't take things for granted. Right. Uh, you know, it's a new staff. I mean, yep. they they don't have. That's the other thing we were talking about. You know, earlier you and I, and earlier this season, like, there's there's commitment, and then there's not commitment. So when you're a new staff, you're coming in, you know, and if you didn't draft them or the guys you didn't sign, I mean, it sounds kind of brutal, but that's the NFL. It's a brutal league. Then the commitment is if you're good enough, you'll play, and if not, you'll probably be gone. Right. Um, exactly. and, and that's what it should be. It's brutal. It's a, it's a tough league to win games, and they're here to win games. So I, I'm going to be fascinated. I, I don't think I've ever been more fascinated on who's going to get cut and who's not going to get cut because i think there's going to be some surprises that we, you and i have kind of both blink and say man that guy made it but then we're going to go back and see okay well you know what? he performed during games and he performed during practice and mcdaniel stayed true to his word yeah no and you're right about that and, and something he said following the game last night uh because Vinny had asked him the question about should we are, are we taking too much or we're thinking too much and uh looking into who's starting and who's not are we thinking about that too much and he said yes and then at the end towards the end of his answer he basically said what you do in practice which i'm just repeating what you just said what you do in practice will determine what you do in the game and that's you know that's what we saw on sunday and like you mentioned thayer mumford great week of practice he gets the start a seventh yeah. round pick a seventh round pick gets the yeah. start at right tackle that was big that was, uh, man, that was really big. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Damon. Yeah, Ed, keeping it on the offensive line, with Alex Leatherwood, when you guys are out there at camp, have you seen him maybe move back and try to play a little guard? Are they positioning him that way? Because I know versatility is so important with his coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, and Q can back me up here. I think he's switched back and forth. He's played both spots during practice. I mean, I, I was surprised yesterday, Damon. I mean, and again, it, this is, here's another surprise. He didn't play till the second half. Now, you know, Q might be able to answer that. I, I don't know what that means. I mean, it could mean that they scripted it that way the whole time, and he knew that. Um, it could be that, you know, he didn't have a great week of practice, and this is what they're telling him, and they're trying to challenge him. Leatherwood's a fascinating guy. I mean, he could, in their minds, be the right tackle right now, or he could be, you know, obviously they have to keep him because they're not going to take any kind of hit on him. Um, Capitalize this year and next year, they're not going to take dead money off a guy who was drafted in the first round. But in terms of his in terms of his playing, in terms of his spot, you know, Demont, if you told me it was one way or the other, I believe you, because I have absolutely no idea. I mean, I, I was surprised, Q, that he didn't play for the second half yesterday. But again, we don't know enough to know why. Right. Yeah, and moving over to the defensive line, have yeah. you seen anything enough that maybe someone is going to be, when it comes to those edge rushers, that someone is stepping up, maybe a Malcolm Koontz, to be that first guy off if Chandler Jones or Max Crosby needs a breather? Yeah, um, Probably, I mean, here's the thing, and, and Q is the one who uh, text, or tweeted this yesterday, and he can speak because they were getting gashed up the middle, um, yep. and and McDaniel said that after the game, so they're going to have to. I mean, they've got injuries, they've got guys coming back, so they're going to have to shore up the middle. Um, but I just think, you know, it's we watch practice every day, Demond. I still don't think they've blocked Max Crosby, so I think they're going to be fine on the edge if those guys stay healthy. And uh, obviously, if someone goes down, someone's going to have to step up, but. I think, and, you know, I'll ask you to cue this. I mean, I think the bigger issue is, you know, who's going to solidify the inside because the outside yes. is so good. Yeah, the, the inside is the big question. And, and, you know, Ed, earlier in the show I brought up uh, Andrew Billings, and you know him very well. He's the, the Baylor guy, you know, went to, went to Baylor, went to Waco High. I've been following him for a long time ever since high school. 
he actually looked pretty good yesterday. You know, I've, I've always you know been pretty high on Dollar Bill, but uh, he looked pretty good yesterday. He didn't look too bad from that, uh, especially in that goal line defensive stand that they had. Well, sick him for Andrew, so yeah, it was good. How about? Uh, I know it's going to time, but uh, I, I wanted to ask you for sure. Uh, did you think it was a bad look for Darren Waller to be at the Aces game? Um, not really. I, I didn't yeah. because I knew he wasn't playing. Uh, we we heard last week that he's banged up. There's multiple reports. We know about you know the contract as well. I'm sure that plays a factor. I didn't really think it was a bad look, but I can understand why it would come off as a bad look for sure. Yeah, it's optics. I mean, they obviously look someone. It might have been MD. It might have been all the way to the top. Uh, the owner of the Aces who gave him permission to go. I thought it was interesting that Josh McDaniels ever said he said he doesn't want to make a bigger deal than it already is. Which I thought, wow, that was that was an interesting quote. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's it's. I think he's injured. Um, I think those reports are probably true. But you just you know you just never know. They're very very good at you know keeping things under the vest and, and close to the vest and saying, you know, they're working themselves back. But I want to know what you thought about that. Because I, I thought it was interesting he was at the, the basketball game instead of uh, with his teammates on the sideline. But, again, there were a lot of guys, you know, as well as anyone, that weren't on the sidelines yesterday. Right. That are, right. You know, are going to be fine and, you know, are, are going to play and everything like that. So these games, other than for the guys, a lot of the guys we're talking about, it, it just means so little. Um, you know, there was, there was a uh, – Tyler was saying this morning on the press box, you know, he had to – you had to get the roster out in the second half. Right. I mean, there were dudes out there like I didn't. You, you couldn't tell me I was. I was writing my column at that point because there was really <laughs> nothing you know going on in the game that mattered. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was crazy in terms of who was out there, and you know that'll start you know weaning itself out when they start cutting guys. Yeah, it will. And you know, Josh Jacobs was the guy that wasn't on the sidelines. Yeah. We saw him in the locker room following the game, and apparently he was in a suite somewhere at the stadium. So uh, I, I think it was okay if it, it was a preseason game. If it had been a regular season game, it would have been a whole other story. But yeah. uh, you know, with it being a preseason game and he wasn't going to play anyway, I think it was okay. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, all we could say, you know, last I heard, Paul had mentioned when he talked to Darren at the game that he thought that uh, he was going to be back this week. So. We will see, right? <laughs> we yeah. will see I mean, if he's. We'll we'll see if he's back. I mean, he's a. Uh, I just don't know. Um, you know, if, I mean, I don't think you play him preseason, even if he's no, back, right? No, no, not at all. No, play him all. No, no, that would be that would be silly to make that that decision at this point. So just go ahead and make sure he's healthy when he gets to the regular season and go from there because they have an opportunity to be a really good team. Well, Ed, fantastic stuff as always, my man. Uh, anything you got coming out on the RJ or anything you got featured on the press box that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, DeMond will have uh, some UNLV columns this week. Um, one of the strength and conditioning coach. I'm stoked about that. He's a he's a uh, interesting guy. He's got an interesting background. And then just stay with the Raiders and seek you out of practice and uh, stay with them as they go to Miami. There you go. Well, that'll be fun. So uh, already up to preseason game number three. So it'll be over sooner than you know yeah. it. Be it'll back be in over t- sooner. Yeah, we'll be ready. We'll actually know who's on the team. Exactly. And then we can talk about the real 53-man roster. Well, Ed, thanks yeah. as always, my man. I appreciate All right, you. buddy. Appreciate you guys. All right, see ya. There he goes. Ed Graney, fantastic job on ESPN Las Vegas and also the Las Vegas Review Journal. 2.46 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Want to hear from you. What position group will be the toughest when it comes down time to make roster decisions? 69187, keyword R&R. Also, 702-365-9200. Plus, before we close out hour number one, you'll hear from Deron Harmon, safety Deron Harmon. I had a one-on-one in the locker room following the game. You'll hear that as we close out the hour here on Raider Nation Radio 920. The Las Vegas Aces have themselves the number one seed for the postseason. I see you, Mark Davis. Right on, brother. There you go. 
You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 251 is the time. Coming up at the top of the hour, we have Amber Theo Harris from Sirius XM NFL. She's going to be covering the Raiders throughout the course of the season as well, so we'll talk to her about that opportunity. Uh, I got to talk got to talk to her in the press box yesterday. We sat next to each other, so uh, that was cool, and Amber is really good at what she does, so can't wait to talk to her coming up at the top of the hour. But uh, we also want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. What position group do you think is going to be the toughest when it comes down time to make roster decisions? Let's go on out to the fall. Online, let's talk to our guy Raider Mike. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Raider Mike? Been a while, Q. How you been, man? I'm blessed. How are you? I'm blessed too. Anyway, where is the uh, NFL game one at? Uh, in LA the in the trenches. Oh, yeah, I got you. Always has been. And both sides are just question marks everywhere. So, those that's your that's the answer to your question. I mean, but Mumford, seventh-round pick slips that far when he's gone against Bosa and Chase Young through his whole career at Ohio State. I think that guy's he's just gonna he's gonna blossom. And he's gone against complete beasts pretty much since high school. So look out for that kid. That's why he started. They see something in that guy. Yeah. You know? He had a great week in practice. It's going to be fun to watch. And then the other side, we got thrashed. We got thrashed. We need to call Nadama King Kong Sue (laughs) and get him on the team. We're sitting there, $21 million on that cap. We got to spend that. We have a window here where we can win that ring. And the bowl is in our crib next year. So, Raiders, let's get this done, man. I mean, you got to tighten up those lines because that's where it's won. And they're the most unglorious positions in the league, but it's always been that way. And who we always had, Steamrollers, Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, Wisniewski. When we won rings, we had the best of the best. And so we need to get back to that place. Anyway, I love the show, Q. It's been a while. I've been working doubles for weeks, so I couldn't call. Uh, it's all good, man. Great call. Appreciate it. It's good to hear from you, Raider Mike. Uh, let's hustle back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Talk to Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. Hey, how you guys doing today? Hey, we're you blessed. Good, blessed. good, good. Hey, oh, man, um, there was a couple of things I need to say because, you know what, um, some, I, some of the uh, – People on this radio station is delusional um, as far as the game yesterday. I mean, they, they to me the offensive line was was bad. It, it was no question, and and I understand what Josh McDaniel is doing, but offensive line is is totally different than any other position on the team. They they got to gel together, and you using all these different people, that's fine. But you know, next um, this this week coming up, you you need to. Go in with your starters, and and whatever you're gonna do um, this weekend, that's who you use for the uh, Charger game. Also, my good was DJ Turner. That kid looked really good. I think he should take over the punt return duties for um, uh, for uh, Renfro because we don't need him returning punts. And also, the defensive line yesterday was just atrocious. 
I mean, we I, there's no reason for anybody. I don't care who's playing in there. You should not give up 6.5 yards a carry to any running back. I don't. I don't care if it's preseason, uh, Pop Warner, whatever it is. That would just desert and the special teams. It, we, we can't keep bailing the special teams out with penalties because sooner or later you, you're not going to get that. And the special teams don't look good at all. Um, we got the receivers. I think that's going to be the hardest point to uh, uh, to cut as far as the cut down. Is okay. to me that's going to be the hardest on the team. But but Q, we we, we got to do. I agree with um, the previous caller, Raider uh, um, Mike. Mike yep. Raider uh, Mike. He, he he's right. That D line and O line is. Uh, when when I I know some people saying we might go undefeated or we might do this. We're not going to do anything if that D line and O line ain't put together. And I, I'll let you go because it just didn't. The special teams and all that. We did not look good yesterday. I would give our team a a, a C minus for for yesterday's game. He, Thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, I even tweeted out when they were getting gassed that they're doing just that. They're getting gassed. You know, they, they couldn't give up. Uh, they can't give up the run like that. Now, I give them credit for doing some good things down by the goal line as far as defense goes. And But, uh, yeah, they were definitely getting gassed on the ground. And the offensive line, I think that it was – I think it was okay. Uh, again, there was definitely areas that were problematic, uh, as we mentioned. But I'm with you. They, I think they do need to find their starters sooner rather than later because they do need time to gel. And later on in the show, uh, you'll hear my conversation. Well, not my conversation. It was a group conversation with John Simpson. That was one of the questions I asked him. How difficult is it knowing that all these parts are being mixed and matched in the offensive line? They've got to gel. So I'm right there with you, Raider Mac. I asked that exact question to John Simpson last night in the locker room. 2.57 is the time. Thank you for your call, my man. Amber Theo Harris, Sirius XM host. She'll join us to start off hour number two of the show. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.